0: And I'm thinking, I'm living in a nightmare. I don't know. It's a horrible dream. I'm not sure. Uh, Very rarely do I hear people say they're living the good life. Maybe they do. I don't know. And uh, I am thinking, well, what is the good life? (laughs) And um, as you look at the events on the horizon and you see what's going on in our world and as you see um, from the horrible fighting of nation divided the it feels like the potential of civil war and anger and frustration and I know uh, uh, when Brother Hunt uh, came up a few uh, weeks ago, he was uh, talk. He stopped by and I uh, some of our gun shops here to look for ammunition because some fellows there had asked him. They were they were not able to find any there and, and uh, around Parkersburg and West Virginia and when there's hardly any ammunition in west virginia that's a bad sign <laughs> it means a lot of people are buying a lot of rounds of ammunition <laughs> and uh you know we are uh, you, you you read things and hear things and read reports and then there's all of the anger and all of the frustration and all of the... And it reminds me of what Jesus said. He prophesied this right before he went to uh, be crucified. You, at The end of Matthew, the end of Luke, he was there in Jerusalem and... He turns to his disciples and he says, One stone is not going to be left on another. And it's going to be total destruction and chaos and horrible tragedy. And immediately that their ears perked up and they, What? When? When will this be? When is the end of the world? What's going to happen? And then the verses that we've read and quoted for. So many, many years and people have used in end time prophecy war and rumors of wars and earthquakes and and you name it. And they go through this 21st chapter, the 24th chapter in Matthew and Mark also records these verses of just one thing after another happening and destruction and chaos and... Being offended and notice what he says here in uh, Luke uh, 21 verse 34 through 36. He says, take heed to yourselves, watch yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. What does that sound like and mean? Lest you get an emotional, stressful blowout. I know no one's had those unless you've had an emotional anxiety, frustration, gasket eruption. And with, and he says, surfing? Now, what does that mean? You know, those moving to Florida might be able to surf. But we don't have any surfeiting around here unless it's snowboard surfeiting uh, down the hill or something. No, when you look at that word surfeiting, it, it is a, a sense of escapism, giddiness. Just, you know, uh, I'm going to escape reality. I'm going to... Just veg out. I'm going to, you know, watch every episode of Friends or I'm going to go on a whatever and I'm going to do something just to escape in my mind. I. I'm going to, you know, just, I can't take it anymore. I'm just overwhelmed. He said you could be overcharged with surfeiting and with drunkenness. What is drunkenness? Of course we know is that sense of escaping into a substance, escaping into a bottle, escaping into a drug, escaping into something that will just kind of get me out of here. I just need relief and relief. From even just going as a cares of life workaholic, I'm gonna just ignore everything else and just gonna cares of life. He said, Your heart can be overcharged with that and the day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the earth. This was gonna, people were gonna fall into a trap. Now, You say, well, thank the Lord, I've not fallen into that. I have no danger of falling into that. Well, I'm going to tell you that if you are alive today and you're facing coronavirus, you're going to have a greater temptation. And, And unfortunately, the statistics talk about how that You know, inappropriate website use up 70%. Uh, Alcohol and drug sales up, I think it was almost 70% from this year. Oh, what are you talking about? All of a sudden, maybe your escapism is to load up on ammunition sales, buy your guns. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something to escape. It's a snare. It can be a trap. You say, well, are you telling me that you should not have ammunition? No, I buy all the ammunition you want. I'm not preaching against ammunition. I'm not preaching against Trying to have, you know, just a chill. and I'm going to just veg out. I'm going to take an hour. I'm going to take two. I'm going to take whatever. But if you're not careful, it will trap you into an endless thing that you will quit living the good life. Yeah, yeah. Now you say, well, what's the good life? Well, he goes and he says, watch ye therefore and pray. How often? Always. Always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. He said, watch and pray. Now Paul, when he wrote to the church at Ephesus and to the Ephesians, and we know you can read the book of Acts and how that church started in Acts the 19th chapter. And yet uh, he wrote, to this church at Ephesus, and and he was when he was writing, he was under house arrest in Rome. He was writing them uh, from. The time of being in uh, arrested under a time of being stressed, and he writes, "I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, the prisoner of the Lord, not uh, not not the prisoner of Rome, but he called himself the prisoner of the Lord." Beseech that ye that you walk worthy of the vocation. What were you called to do? The vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Notice that lowliness, humility, meekness—that sense of it's not about me. With long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. But unto every man, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Powerful, powerful words in that opening of the fourth chapter. And yet, notice, as I said, He called himself a prisoner of the Lord. And yet he was under house arrest in Rome. And then he said, Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. All of us have been called into a vocation. We have a job to do. What is your calling? Well, I wasn't called to pastor. I wasn't called to evangelize. I wasn't called. I wasn't called to this. I wasn't called to that. What is your calling? Bible says make your calling an election what? Sure. But what is our calling? Simon Peter wrote, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness Into this marvelous light. Paul later in Ephesians talks about walk as children of the light. Which in times past were not a people. But are now the people of God. And not obtained mercy. But now have been obtained mercy. What is it that we were all called to be? And we were all called to be worshipers. And that is very hard when your heart is overcome. With surfeiting and with drunkenness. And with the cares of life. It's hard to be a worshiper. It's hard to want to raise my hands. It's hard to want to praise the Lord. It's hard to want to clap my hands. It's hard to want to rejoice. It's hard to want to say, you know what? The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. When I'm in pain, when I'm going through it, when I don't feel good, when I don't feel, you know, it, it's like, oh, I, I you don't, it, it, it turns it on me. It's all about me. Well, you know, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure what I want. I'm not sure. I... I, I, I <laughs> It's all about what do I want? What do I feel? How do I? I want to tell you, it's not about me at all. It's about Him. I've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. I have a good life. My sins have been forgiven. I know my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I don't know, I don't know what we'll go through this year, but one thing I do know is the Lord said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He would walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and we don't have to fear any evil. I am living a good life. I'm not saying that you, well, you know, that you walk around like you're on a Prozac high with Jesus, that I don't feel anything, but at some point I've got to turn it back to I'm here, still here to praise you, Lord. I'm here to worship you. I'm here to thank you. I feel your presence. What a privilege it is! That's why Paul goes on in Ephesians and he says things like this. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. For the perfecting. For the maturing of the saints. For the work of the ministry. What is the ministry? The saints are supposed to be involved in the ministry. That's edifying the body of Christ. Becoming perfect. Speaking the truth in love. Walk not as other Gentiles walk. And he talks about how they talk. And he talks about People being past feeling and they give themselves over to lasciviousness and uncleanness with greediness. And he goes through all of that in the fourth chapter. And he says, but you have not so learned Christ. Put off the, concerning the former conversation. The old man put away lying. And then he continues, Don't, if you're angry, just, you need to stop lying. Stop sinning when you get mad. Stop stealing. Don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you're sealed under the day of redemption, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, malice. Be kind to one another. That's my calling. Is to be kind. My calling is to be tender-hearted. Is to be forgiving. And we don't see a world that's full of that anymore. Huh? We don't see kindness anymore. It's very rare. You know? Very rare. And, and, and you say, well, how? how you cannot be kind unless on some level you are thankful because i want to tell you something what comes out of this mouth if you don't praise him if you're not thankful if you don't wake up every morning and you have a moment to reset your thinking by saying lord i thank you for the day. I thank you for the snow. Oh, I hate the snow. Oh, I hate the cold. I thank you for the... I'm, I'm alive. Oh, I don't like this. I hate... Uh, <laughs> I thank you, Lord, that I'm able to go to the house of the Lord today. I don't like that we have to have every other row. Sir. I don't like that. I, I I wish we, if I don't watch what comes out of my mouth before long, I find myself with bitterness and anger and my heart is overwhelmed. You say, well, James, in fact, said it like this. Even the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. I think this is why the Lord uses the tongue when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost to speak in tongues. Because he's wanting us for just a brief moment to realize that there's something else that ought to be coming out of our mouth. So we ought to have something else coming out of our mouth besides all of our... And, and plus, there is no pure language that can really communicate to God except the Holy Ghost language. All of our languages, whether it's English, Spanish, whatever, Chinese, is impure. That's why it says when we, our spirit prays to spirit, it's through the power of the Holy Ghost. Anyway, he said, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members. And it defiles where? The whole body. And it sets on fire, the course of nature as it sets on fire. And it is set on the fire of hell. So what are you saying? Your words can inflame you inflame others or they can bring them into the presence of the Lord. It depends on how you're talking. How I'm talking. Oh, you say, Pastor, I, but you don't know what I've gone through, and you don't know what's going on. That's why I have to get my mind, my I have to get washed with the Holy Ghost, because let me tell you, it doesn't take but just a second, and I can light you up, <laughs> huh? Oh, let me tell you what I'd like to tell you. <laughs> let me give you a little bit of a tongue lashing. Oh, if you just leave me alone a bit, I oh, yeah. huh. But am I living the good life? But you know. Whenever I find myself so stressed, so angered, I want to tell you something. In fact, it, when you read in the old, in the New Testament, at the very end, and you read about all the judgment and all of that, and I, I, you know, we studied with hyphen about the Book of Revelation, and I know that uh, they've asked me repeatedly. I want to get the Revelation up, and and uh, this I'm now telling all of you. We're trying to find it and get it up where everybody can watch. It, but Revelation the ninth chapter and the 11th verse and it talks about these, these beasts that come out and they have, they're like scorpions and they have stingers in their tail and all these things and it says in Revelation 9 and 11 and they had a king over them which is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in the Hebrew is Abaddon but in the Greek tongue they call his name Apollyon He is the angel over the bottomless pit of hellfire. You read it in the Hebrew and you read it in the Greek. And his name means destroyer, destruction. You remember the Bible says the devil's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. destroy. Now you say, oh what are you talking about? We're seeing institutions. We're seeing faith. We're seeing, you know, people used to trust the government, this, trust the this, We're seeing everything destroyed. Oh, I, I, I read just the other day where where a school board was meeting somewhere in America and they had the, the mics hot and they didn't realize it. And and one of them said something about, well, these stupid parents, they come bring their kids and another one chimed in. And finally, they, the entire school board... Had to resign. They had to bring a school board in from another municipality because they were. Ay, 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 ay. About yeah. Huh? Did y'all see anybody see, else see that article? Whole school board wiped out one night because they wouldn't shut their. Nobody said. Well, I'm thankful that our teachers are alive. I'm thankful that our students are. Some of them might be able to come. Nobody expressed any gratitude. Nobody expressed anything. What, What are you talking about? It destroyed an entire school board. Well, let me tell you, Paul understood this power of destruction when he talked about the Jews in the Old Testament. He talked about the children of Israel, how they came out of Egypt. And if you remember, they murmured and they complained and they griped and they grumbled. And Paul said it like this in Corinthians. He said, don't murmur as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer what was that word apodon apollyon whatever word you want to put in there there is a destruction James said that this can cause I got to get it in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit that you know what I'm living the good life I don't like COVID I don't like what's going on I don't like where we are I don't like what's happening in the world but I'm living the good life the Lord could come again today I'm telling you I feel the presence of the Lord in this place I'm glad I'm not I'm here and not in the best hospital in Columbia. I'm living a good life today oh you say, but ah, oh, you, you don't understand. He said, they were destroyed uh, by of the destroyer. All of those things happen for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. That's what Paul said. Because he realized, Apollyon, when you start, when you lose your thanksgiving, And and you know why? One of the things that works against being thankful, just to be very candid with you, is pride. You know, my pride. I don't want to be thankful. I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe they treated me this way. I can't believe this is... After all I've done for God and this. And after all I... To me? Huh? You're telling me? This is what I... Huh. Huh. Oh. Oh. What are you saying? (laughs) I'm saying when you read the early church... They were being fed to the lions and yet they were rejoicing. They were praying. Praising God. They were in house of rest and they were saying, The Lord is still great, greatly to be praised. What, what do you mean in this hour? Oh, I, I, I know Paul wrote about the people in Romans, the first chapter, and he said, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. And they are without excuse because that when they knew God they glorified Him not as God not as God neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened what do I mean by that verse and when you stop and think about it it's it's when they knew God they didn't glorify Him as God and I put here a list and you can put anything you want you can make your own list It's Shoes, Dog, Wife, Country, God. And I put them in order. And, you know, people say they love their shoes, or they love their clothes, or they love their car, or they love their computer. And they say they love it. And yet, the moment my shoes hurt my feet or they fall apart, guess what? Goodbye shoes. (laughs) I hate my, I need a new pair of shoes. Huh? Dog? A little better than shoes. You know, I loved my dog. I took care of my dog. I fed my dog. Sad when my dog dies. But if my dog keeps biting me and my dog keeps attacking me, you know, keeps having fits, you cure those by cutting off his tail right behind the ears. Sorry, don't turn me into the humane society. I've never done that. I'm a little more invested in my dog than my shoes. Wife will go even up a step, you know? Isn't that good? When she starts falling apart, I don't trade her in for a new one. All of a sudden, country, that's a bigger... I love my country... I don't agree with all of my country. I don't agree with all the policies. I don't agree with all the things that are done. But I'd rather be here than Uzbekistan. Huh? Going to be loyal. Doesn't mean I don't try to change it. it? All the above. God... bigger than country, bigger than wife, dog, shoes. What are you saying? You know, I don't have an intimate relationship with country other than I have a passport. That's about it. I'm a citizen. Pay my taxes. All those things. But God... Some people mistakenly treat God like they do their shoes. Uh, think about it. If God doesn't do this, right. and if God doesn't. Think about it. That's why Paul said when they knew God, they didn't glorify him yes. as God. It's easy to say the Lord Jesus Christ, but is He my Lord? Is He my God? Am I so you know? Oh yeah, but you don't know. <laughs> people have hurt me, people have done me wrong, people have gotten on my nerves, they've trampled on my feelings, they've done things to offend me, so therefore I can't worship. God Therefore I can't live for God You're putting God lower than people <laughs> David said it like this I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. I would rather, why? Because when I think of the majesty, when I think of the God of heaven, when I think of what God has done for me, I'm sorry, but it's it's greater even than my country. I'm not going to stop being an American regardless of whether the Democrats or the Republicans or rather whoever is elected. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to stop serving God and worshiping God and praising God regardless of COVID regardless of problems regardless of my finances regardless of anything I'm going to love and magnify and worship Almighty God and be thankful what are you saying oh but I don't feel like being thankful right now and I don't feel like I understand that's why Paul would say things like this and I, I'm through First Thessalonians the 5th chapter says see that none render evil for evil but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and boy he nails it doesn't it I don't want to treat people good I don't want to be nice when they look at me because I forgot my mask I don't want to to be kind what does he say not only follow that which is good among ourselves and to all men and then he says it like this rejoice all the time rejoice look at the day the Lord has made (laughs) pray pray Without ceasing. We've come off of 40 days of prayer and fasting. We're not supposed to stop praying and fasting. Oh, I know we're not having early morning prayer every day and fasting every week, but I want to tell you something. What Paul said is, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing in everything. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning your son. What are you saying? If somebody asks you, you can tell them I'm living the good life. One day the Lord filled me with the Spirit. Maybe you can use the phrase, I'm living the dream. I don't know. (laughs) What are you talking about? God's been so good to me. (laughs) But you got to mean that. You know, it's not just something glib. Glib that you say, yeah, it's good. Then I go home and I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I'm bitter and I'm... No, I'm supposed to go home and be thankful. Thankful, Lord. I'm thankful. Why? Because I want to tell you, the Lord Himself said, beware. The spirit of this hour will overtake you like a snare. And if you haven't felt that pressure, you need to be the first one to pray for all the rest of us. (laughs) Because I want to tell you, everybody that I know has felt the intensity of the hour. But my response has got to be, I was called to be a worshiper. In everything, give thanks. I'm here to thank you, Lord. I'm here to praise you, Lord. You've been so good to me. Let's just stand right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.